Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. If you like, you can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate, or you can go to buymeacupofcoffee slash CraigU. All of these links are also in my show notes. And for people who donate, I have various levels of benefits. For $5, you get a thank you at the start of the next episode of Canadian History X, Canada's Great War, and from John to Justin, and on social media. For $10, you get everything from the $5, plus this episode is sponsored by, with your name at the start. Also, I'll state it's sponsored by you on social media. For $20, everything from the $5 and $10, plus a second episode sponsored by you, and promotion of something you're working on. And for $50, everything from the $5, $10, and $20 plus, you get to choose a topic for me to cover on Canadian History X. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D. And I'm on Instagram and TikTok where I put up daily videos about Canada's history. Just go to my username, Bairdo37. And you can find weekly videos on Canada's history on my YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com slash c slash Canadian History X. If you want to find transcripts of every episode I've ever done, you can go to my website, CanadaEHX.com. And there's over 700 posts on Canada's history there. Now, this episode is shorter. Um, I know some of the small town histories can be a bit short, and that's because some towns don't have a lot of history, but I like to highlight all the towns that I can even the ones that only have a short amount of history to talk about, because I think all small-town history is interesting. So, even though it's a short episode, I hope you guys enjoy it. Warren, due to its relative proximity to the Red River region, as well as Lake Manitoba and Lake Winnipeg, was a common place for the indigenous to pass through. For centuries, they would go through the area, often following the massive herds of bison that dominated the landscape. At the river, the indigenous would dam up the water, and when the water receded, they would weave willows into stakes to form a V on the bank. When the fish came back down the river, they would be driven into the nets where they would be harvested by the indigenous. The dam was then broken up, and the river flowed freely once again. The land was typically the territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, and the northern territory of the Sioux. As European explorers and fur traders came through the area, the Métis would rise as a new indigenous nation in the region. Today, Warren sits on Treaty 2 land, though Treaty 1 land is very close to it. For many of the early settlers to the area, the indigenous were a common sight, and they would often visit and trade with the settlers. In 
For those settlers who were in a new place for the first time, those interactions were often vital to surviving through the winter and other seasons when food was not as plentiful. Little settlement was found in the area that would slowly begin to change in 1880 when the first railroad was built through the area, running from Fort William, Ontario to Selkirk and then on to western Manitoba. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In 1882, a post office opened under the name of Hanlon, named for Edward Hanlon, who was one of the greatest oarsmen in the world at the time. At the time, he was the world champion in rowing and one of the most famous athletes in Canada. When he died in 1900, 10,000 people in Toronto paid their final respects to him at the church where his body was laying in state. After his death, Hanlon's fame began to quickly diminish, and by 1905, the name of the community was changed to Warrenton and then to Warren. This time, the community was named for A.E. Warren, the Western Vice President of the Canadian National Railway. The name was changed because the Canadian National Railway built its branch through and chose to ignore the original name. For the next several years, progress was slow in the development of Warren. It was not until January 1st, 1907 that the post office was moved into the community. Two years later, a grain elevator was built. And while the community was named Warren, the post office still carried the name of Hanlon, which brought, well, a bit of confusion. As a result, on April 1st, 1911, a name change was conducted. The Stonewall Argus would report, quote, The post office heretofore called Hanlon at the Warren Railway Station is now called Warrenton, end quote. The post office was changed to Warrenton and not Warren because there was already another post office with the name of New Warren. As can be expected, most residents were not happy with the name Warrenton when they lived in Warren. In a story printed on August 31, 1915, it was stated, quote, Residents are determined to preserve the first name of Warren. They have petitioned against the post office name Warrenton and have a resolution approved by the Municipality of Woodlands Council. End quote. The dual name confusion would not be resolved quickly. It was not until the mid-1950s that the post office finally changed its name from Warrenton to Warren. I should note that in Tween Meadow and Meridian, the post office name change was stated to have happened in 1940. I'd like to take a break away from the episode for a second to talk about ExploreNet. I spent most of my life living in rural areas in Canada, and I remember the days of dial-up internet and spotty high-speed service. For the past three years, I have been a customer of ExploreNet and I can honestly say that it is the best rural internet I have ever had. My job as a podcaster means I spend a lot of time researching online, interviewing people over Zoom, and uploading content. Through it all, ExploreNet has provided me with excellent service. When I'm not working, I enjoy streaming content on several streaming platforms and even doing some online gaming with a friend in Ontario. ExploreNet allows me to do all of that with ease. Right now, they offer up to 50 megabits per second on their new LTE network with unlimited data. Their service has only become faster and better since I first signed on. Today and beyond, ExploreNet is investing in building and upgrading the network at a rapid pace. ExploreNet is rural, and that is their route, and that is their focus. For more information about rural internet options in your area, go to ExploreNet.com or call 1-866-285-2253. 
In 1900, when the community was still known as Hanlon, a house was built in the open fields near Warren. The Balfour House, as it is known now, is a solid stone house that stands out on the prairie and is an excellent example of a four-square farmhouse of the type built in Manitoba at the dawn of the 20th century. Built by Mr. Willoughby for his daughter Susan and her husband James Balfour, the home was occupied by the family for five decades. Due to its heritage as an example of a prominent prairie home, it was made a municipal heritage site in 2001. In 1913, the Methodist Church was built in the community and quickly became an important part of the community. In 1925, it would become the United Church and it still stands to this day and is used to this day, almost 110 years later. In the early 1920s, Warren was the center of baseball excellence within the area. In 1922, a league was formed that included a team from Warren. In this Woodlands Baseball League, Warren would dominate. Jerry Robinson, a Winnipeg businessman, donated a trophy for annual competition, and from 1922 to 1952, the league operated, and in those 20 years, Warren won the trophy nine times, from 1928 to 1933, 1940, 1941, 1946, and 1950. Today, the trophy can be found at the Woodlands Pioneer Museum, which I'll talk about later. In 1948, the Warren Grain Elevator was built by the Warren Cooperative Elevator Association. The first station agent would be Alan Gorrell, who served until 1951. The elevator would then be expanded on in 1956 with an annex that doubled its capacity. The grain elevator would continue to be used until 1996 when the railway abandoned its Oak Point line. At this point, the grain elevator would close and Don Hunt would serve as the last elevator agent. Local non-profit volunteer organizations were then able to save the elevator as well as the Prairie Dog Central Vintage train that used the track. The Vintage Locomotive Society Incorporated would spend three years raising $1.3 million to buy the Prairie Dog Central from CN. The elevator was saved thanks to help from the West Interlake Trading Company, who purchased the structure to preserve its history. Today, the elevator has been renovated and is a tourist attraction used for tours, as well as special events on the grounds. In 1950, Chuck Lefley would be born in Winnipeg, but he would be raised in Warren. He was drafted sixth overall by the Montreal Canadiens as their second pick in that round. He would start his career with the team in 1971, and that same year he won the Stanley Cup, and then he won it again in 1973. In 1974, he was traded to the St. Louis Blues, where he set a franchise record of 43 goals that would stand for several decades. Playing in Finland for one year in 1977-78, he returned to the Blues to finish out his career. Over the course of 407 games, he had 292 points. For his time in the NHL and on Team Canada at the World Championships in 1969, he was inducted into the Manitoba Hockey Hall of Fame. Lefley would return to Warren after his NHL career was over, playing for the Warren Intermediate from 1981 to 1983, and then coaching them from 1983 to 1985, winning the Western Interlake League Championship in 1984. If you'd like to learn more about the history of Warren, then I encourage you to check out the Woodlands Pioneer Museum. This museum, which is part of a mini pioneer town, contains six buildings, including two schools and the local Anglican church. In that church, services are still held on occasion. The church itself was built in 1910 and was donated to the museum in 1982. The school was built in 1881 and used until 1964 in the St. Oswald district. It was then moved to the museum grounds in 1970. In 2017, a replica pioneer log cabin was also built at the museum grounds and all the buildings in the grounds are made to represent the history of the area from 1850 to the present. I hope you enjoyed that short episode about Warren, Manitoba, and if you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at 
You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. I'd also like to thank all of my wonderful patrons, and I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard D., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Shove, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rawa, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.